The Chicago Sky have a new general manager, Jeff Pagliaca. He has graciously agreed to join us. We are going to be talking all things Chicago Sky. A Wednesday edition of Lockdown Women's Basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal. I want to thank you for making us your first listen every day. We keep showing up for you six days a week, and you keep showing up for us. Over 160,000 of you tuned in to October shows alone. Again, it is not just me, of course. It is the incredible team over at The Next, at thenexthoops.com, where we had more than 1.3 million readers in the month of October alone. Over 100 reported pieces on women's basketball every month. Make sure you are reading us. Make sure you subscribe. $9 a month, $72 a year. Support the work of people like Monique Newton, our dedicated Chicago Sky beat reporter. And she's had a lot to write about lately, I have to say. There's been a fascinating moment in time for the Chicago Sky. Jeff Pagliaca has been part of that growth, of that development, taking on the general manager role. Jeff, thank you for joining us. I guess the place I would love to start is take me through how this moment of change feels like for you to go from, you know, what is a player development role to go to a managerial role that had to involve a fair amount of kind of recalibrating your thinking about the team. Yeah, it, it, it was a, a lot of thought, but um, I'm very, very grateful, you know, for, for the opportunity to be the general manager surrounded by uh, unbelievable uh, front office people and, and ownership and, um, I, I've been now, this will be the fourth year with the organization, and uh, it was just uh, the next natural step for me in, in my career was accepting a role like this. From the perspective of this team, and, you know, in the state of the sky is a little hard to pin down, right? You know, you can look at a team where you say, all right, first round of the playoffs and an opportunity to potentially um, go further uh, a team that is, we we're talking a couple years removed from a championship. There is youth on this team. Of course, there is Talia Copper signed to a long-term extension. Where do you see the Chicago Sky on the success cycle as you go into this 2024 offseason? Well, we have uh, some some very good players under contract. Uh, we were able to, you know, retain Kalia, you know, before free agency. Um, so, so obviously that was a priority. Uh, we, we have a, just an incredible core, you know, to, to build off of. So, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, uh, collectively, um, taking a look at, you know, free agents that are out there and, um, keep our, our vision moving forwards. When you think about that vision, when you kind of lay out the basics of, it, and obviously Teresa Weatherspoon as head coach, there's a lot of collaboration, I heard. You know, you had a press conference with uh, the media at large talking about, you know, figuring out who's the final say on player uh, decisions and Adam Fox gets involved there as well. But what are kind of the overriding basics of your philosophy when you think about what you want to build a team? 
Yeah, we, we just want players that uh, are, are competitive and uh, want to be coached hard. And, you know, we have a lot of those those players here already. And uh, just, you know, it's it's going to be an energized new new chapter with with Teresa coaching the team. She she brings so much, you know, uh, obviously as a, a Hall of Fame player and uh, lots of coaching experience, player development background. But, um, you know, from from my end, you know, we have so much to, to work with and be excited about. You are a player development guru. I don't think that's overstating it in terms of the work in which you have done through the years. I, I guess, how exciting is it? Because so much of the time as a player development person, you are in charge of figuring out how to take the players that you have and making the best of them. Are there particular skills that you find are most able to be maximized at the WNBA level? And I just I wonder what are those kind of skills that you look for, whether it's in free agency or, you know, as you scout, what's going to be a very talent rich 2024 draft? Yeah, look, we're you know, even previously for me over the years, you know, you're always looking for players that have good instincts and play the right way, you know? So as far as currently and, you know, in, in free agency, you want, you want players that are are team first players that uh, make winning plays. Um, And uh, once they get here, we'll, we'll keep helping them involve, you know, evolve as as players within our player development structure. But, you know, you're, you're looking for players that really want to get coached hard and, and, and fit in, you know, with with a coach that's going to be very demanding. You are obviously interested in the data side of basketball. I, you, you're not a stranger to the league. So you've seen what I've seen as we've gone through these past few years. How much more of a focus is there, do you think, around the league on the data side of things than there was even a few years ago? And I guess the other part of that is how much does that change the challenge as you're not the only one who's sort of diving into those numbers to figure out which players you want to be able to acquire? Yeah, I think analytics has to play a, a pivotal piece and and taking a look at at players and and their value and and how they're evolving um, from season to season or or from even from game to game. Uh, I know I, I used it regularly um, when whether putting scouts together for for NBA or WNBA players or taking a look from week to week or even when you're building off season plans. Um, you want to look at you know numbers and you know identify places on the floor uh, where they need to improve or where they like catching the ball. Um, and and you kind of grow from there and build out of those things. So I think every single team, you know, is putting a much more of a premium on on the analytics and data side. And, and I think w- without it, you know, you're, you're a step behind. You have had the opportunity to do it through these past few years. How much do you feel like you're getting better information than even a few years ago? And again, you know, to me, I keep going back to thinking from the media side of things, we're not necessarily getting all the same things public facing that the data is that is available in the W. But I know internally the WNBA has lacked that, you know, even just basics like having that data available in various NBA arenas, but not WNBA arenas. Right. And I think, I'm sorry. Yeah, please. Standardizing that stuff, I think, is trying to be a priority. Um, and and there are a lot of uh, gyms with that that software and, and technology in them. And uh, y- y- you need to have it. You need to have it immediately. And, um, you know, whether it's during games 
or, you know, by halftime or a lot of players, they want to see, you know, the areas, you know, immediately, you know, where there was success or where there wasn't. So they can dive into whether it's the, the, the mental side, the film side, or getting back on a court that night or in the morning, you know, to, to address it. So uh, that stuff will continue to evolve. And, you know, the, the software that, you know, is, is usable in the WNBA, you know, gives us a lot of good options. Yeah, no, no question. It's improving. It's getting better. It's fascinating to see. I do wonder also just how comparatively that feels to, you know, your work at Evolution Athletics. And for listeners who are not aware, you know, Jeff has been in this space for a long time. And on the training side of things, Evolution Athletics came through and added Deerfield an opportunity to train players, men and women, uh, at every level along the way. Does it feel like you're getting almost like a, a fancy new sports car to be able to kind of drive this stuff and be able to see the results now at the highest level, at the professional women's basketball level? Yeah, I, I'm, like I said, um, and I'll keep reiterating it, that I'm, I'm just very grateful for for the opportunity and the people that that put me in place and saw the value in, in the skill set that I, I'm, I'm bringing to this role. Um, but, you know, we're going to continue to um, use the same skills, you know, that got me into this role. And, and we're going to continue to identify, um, uh, develop and cultivate, you know, basketball players and, and make sure that uh, they're becoming integral pieces of the Chicago sky. Well, we're going to get into a little more about some of those pieces. Who's back? Who's maybe not back? And figuring out how that puzzle comes together in segment two. But first... Very excited to talk to you guys about Prize Picks, one of our sponsors for today. And Prize Picks, it's so interesting, right? It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling over thousands of other players, there are pros, there are people who do this all the time. You pick either more or less than two to six player staff projections, and then you watch the winnings roll in. Now, basketball is a prize pick sport. Football is a prize pick sport. But there's this really interesting new way you can do it, which is combo projections. There's something called a specials league, and it gets you the opportunity. Let's say you want to bet on LeBron James and Travis Kelsey in the same day, the same opportunity, you can do it using the specials league. Uh, I suggest you go over to prizepitch.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. The only way you can really do it is by trying it. Again, prizepitch.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. So we're back with Jeff Pagliacca. And to me, what's so interesting about this roster heading into 2024 is you have a number of key players in place. So let's just run it down so our listeners have a sense of it. You have Kalia Copper. She's signed through 2025. Marina Mabry, who was a major acquisition last offseason, signed through 2025. Isabel Harrison at 2024 at 160K, Elizabeth Williams, who I mean, was a budget acquisition. You think about what she brought to the table, what she did for you guys on the heels of 
coming over. I mean, at 135,000, uh, that's a deal that looked great in 2023. I think it's likely to look even better in 2024. There are some UFAs. Obviously, we're talking about you know Courtney Williams. We're talking about Alana Smith, who had such a breakthrough for you guys this year. Before we get into some of those decisions, can you just take me through what you saw out of Alana Smith? What allowed her to have the type of breakthrough she did for you this past year? Yeah, I think, you know, she had a great season. She um, had an opportunity for us at, at the four. Um, she plays hard, shot the ball well, um, was a good teammate. So she uh, just continued to grow throughout the season. Um, but, you know, real toughness there. It's a skill set that would presumably be valuable on the free agent market. Do you think that you've created a place there that allows for players to want to return. To me, it was eye-opening Kalia Copper signing before free agency even comes to be basically say, I want to build here. And she's been very vocal in support of you. How important do you feel like that is when it comes to playing a part in building a WNBA team as opposed to, you know, even X's and O's and trying to find the right skill set? Yeah, look, it's it's I'm appreciative to hear that, you know, you know, we we want people, you know, to want to wear this jersey. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the, the fact that we were able to retain Ka and, and she's so excited to to be here, to build here, um, that's going to attract some other players who probably feel the same way, you know, because she's such a special talent. You know, these are these are the types of, of winning attitudes that we want. What did you see from Kalia Copper this year? She was being asked to do more than she's ever done in her career, translating more volume to the same level of efficiency is always a challenge for any player. How much did you see her doing it? And is there sort of a next step for her as you think about what you want from her in 2024? Yeah, look, she she put us on her back a, a decent amount of the time. Um, she Her game you know, started to evolve a little bit more than years past. She was asked to do a little bit more. Um, there was some some playmaking that we replaced and mm -hmm. we had some great pieces around her, but she still um, was was asked to to score some more points, to make some more plays, to continue to defend at a high level. She shot the ball extremely well from the three-point line, put a ton of time into that, um, just making sure that she was growing. Um, so, so she's still... Uh, continuing to be a complete player that that's tough to guard. Um, the, the better you shoot the ball, um, the more other things open up for yourself and your teammates. So we, we put a priority on, on her three point shooting and her range increasing and she proved that she could do it. So, you know, she's a, she's a worker, she's in the gym. Um, she, she puts a lot of pressure on herself to be successful and to win games. So those are the type of people we like spending time with. Feels to me like in a lot of ways you have just described Marina Mabry across the board, you know, whether you're talking about the fact that she played, obviously, the most games she's ever played, that's a product of the schedule, but she was also healthy, she was also out there, the fact that she was also being asked to shoot the ball more than she has throughout her career, but the efficiency stayed right, in fact, got better. She shot 39% from three this past year, and also somebody who was able to deliver you some defensive performances that, for whatever reason, seemed to get lost in the shuffle. And when people talk about her skill set, even dating back to Notre Dame years, people didn't necessarily talk about the ways in which she brings that defensive intensity as well. Is there another level for Marina Mabry to be able to reach as you think about her in 2024 as well? 
Yeah, Marina hasn't um, hit her ceiling yet as a player, really, at, at any level. Uh, she's ultra competitive. Another player that lives in the gym, uh, wants feedback, wants to improve, uh, shot the ball very, very well, um, extended range. And, and defensively, you know, she's in passing lane. She's got good hands. She's got good instincts. I, I know she wants to continue to evolve as a defender. Um, and and she she loves basketball. This is somebody who really, really loves it and, um, and, and cares about her improvement. She is a Jersey product. We are always quick to point that out when we get the opportunity. But again, there is that mentality that you are looking for that she seems to epitomize, that Kalia Copper, who went to Rutgers, seems to epitomize as well. Do you feel as if that is sort of the overlie- or the, the overarching um, thought process of pulling your team together? Or do you see some particular skills that you are eager to add to what this mix was in 2023 as you head into the free agent market? Yeah, these are very tough women. Um, they pride their themselves on their toughness and um, their grit, the 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 hustle plays, um, the the no surrender type of behavior out there. And we want players like that. Um, we we want skilled players. We want IQ players. But you know, we we want to really rely on our toughness. So when we can get players, uh, you know, of uh, with their capabilities um, that are also that tough you know, then, then we're thrilled. From an analytics perspective, you guys were about middle of the pack in, you know, basically all the four factors, you know, whether we're looking at overall offensive or defensive efficiency or everything from the way you shared the ball to the way you rebounded the ball. Are there particular areas that you believe are necessary to win in the WNBA? Or do you think there's some different ways of getting there uh, ultimately in, um, you know, in a variety of factors, you know, I'm thinking the Washington Mystics back in 2019 did it primarily with their offense and uh, record setting offense, but we're middle of the pack defensively. We've seen some teams do it on the defensive end first, notably a team right there in Chicago. I'm just wondering where your points of emphasis are likely to be there. Yeah, we we want to guard. You know, Coach Weatherspoon is is going to demand that we defend at a at a high and ferocious level. So I, I, that's going to be paramount at all times. You know, we we want to out tough people. We want them to feel us. Um, so I, yeah, look, we could have improved um, a lot of different ways last year. We could have rebounded the ball better. We we could have guarded a lot better at times. Uh, a lot of those are, are are choices you can control, you know. So I, I think that uh, just continuing to put a premium on on effort and uh, and just wanting to do certain things and following the lead of our coach, you know, I think we're going to be okay. Speaking of the defensive end of things, I know that was a point of emphasis for Dana Evans, who took a big step forward in a variety of ways for you guys. What is the next step for Dana to take? And take me through kind of what those conversations were with her and you as she prepared to head overseas. Yeah, Dana was incredible um, o- over the last season. She she is is like no other defensively. Uh, she can get into the ball. Uh, she could turn games around with with her energy, um, and it's really really hard to do um, in that situation. People, you know regularly had a tough time getting the ball over half court against her. Um, she, she, she loves to shoot the ball. She likes to make big plays. Um, you know, we, we want her playmaking to continue to evolve, you know, as a, as a smaller guard, those are things that are necessary, but, uh, you know, 
she 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 does things that that six five players can't do, you know. So her toughness and her heart are are you know irreplaceable at, at times, and she can change the outcome of a game. She can change the the flow, and um, and there's players like that are are incredible to have around. And going to Win Trust Arena to see Dana Evans alone is a trip worth taking. Is absolutely. And told people. Well, we're going to be back talking a little bit about some extra free agents who are who were on your team and some who might be on your team right after this. But first, I want to talk to you guys about FanDuel. And uh, Jeff, I'm just going to be honest. There is a deal being offered at FanDuel right now that probably shouldn't reflect either the team in your hometown or the teams in my home here in New Jersey, which is to say that FanDuel has an offer right now. If you bet any winning $5 money line bet, you can get $150 in bonus bets at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. But doing that for the Chicago Bears, let's be honest, is probably not a great idea right now. In the same way that doing that for the New York Giants, the team I grew up with, the team that I root for, but the team that unfortunately lost their starting quarterback for the season and is two and seven and is currently having the worst DVOA, thank you, Pro Football Focus, in New York Giants history, might not be the way to do it. I have looked into it, though, and it turns out there are other NFL teams, and so you can bet on them instead. 150 bucks if your team wins. It's not just, of course, Moneyline over at FanDuel. They have spreads, player props, over, under, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Tough times in the NFL for teams around our parts of the woods. But the Chicago Sky, of course, heading into a free agency period before we get to the draft even, and what is a fascinating and incredible draft uh, coming up, although who's going to be in it, we still don't know 100% or anywhere close to it. But free agency first, and even just like from that perspective, do you prefer to have free agency first? Do you wish you could have the draft first and have the schedule, uh, you know, recalibrated in that way? That's a good question. Yeah, I think – that free agency first could make a lot of sense. You know, there's there's so many talented players, and uh, it's 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 even watching the game. You know, last night, you know, you see how how uh, talented these girls are, and and they're getting better and better at a young age. So it's uh, college basketball is in, in a wonderful place. It really, really is. So free agency that we're looking at, Courtney Williams, obviously, is probably the biggest name in terms of the key contributors last year going into free agency. You know, what are those conversations like? And, you know, how do you see her fitting into what you're trying to build in 2024? Yeah, we we can't get into too much of of those conversations. We're, you know, in the beginning stages of taking a look at what make the most sense for us, but a heck of a player and had an unbelievably good season for us. No doubt about it. I I guess I want to speak more generally because you're right. Obviously, you're right at the start of this. But, you know, people talk about Skylar Diggins-Smith, obviously, as somebody who's going to be available. You could see a potential fit there. Do you see it as you need another heavy lifter in terms of the offensive load? Is that a need out of free agency, out of the draft, wherever you end up getting it? Is that a need for this team? Yeah. Skylar, very talented player. Um, there's always a need for a difference maker, a needle mover, you know, so whoever, you know, a- ends up being a fit for us. Yeah. You're, you're looking for players that 
that can make a difference on the court, you know, and that can be a fit with with who's here already. All makes sense to me. And just from you, from a personal perspective, just having this job, having this opportunity, like what's been the most joyful part of that for you as you've begun this process? Yeah, I mean, it's um, that's a great question. I uh, it's it's a it's a dream occupation. You know, I was able to to build a business and um, become part of an organization years ago that you know I admired and uh, I was proud to be part of. So just to to accept this role and and work with you know so many amazing women and an ownership that's prideful for for the for Chicago city and uh, uh we've won a championship and we're not that far removed so just to be part of something where everyone cares for a sustainable success is uh it's it's joyful in itself to be able to make a small impact well very eager to see where you go from here jeff appreciate your time uh to our listeners thank you always for making us a part of your day the great Vic Schaefer from Texas will be with us tomorrow talking about Longhorns women's basketball. Until then, I am Howard Magdal wishing all of you a wonderful Wednesday. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 